a year ago something happened. I mean, it, it literally is almost the most important thing to happen in my entire life experience, even only really second to man landing on the moon. People always ask me my age experience, what was the most important thing? And I say man landing on the moon, you know, that's, there's nothing could top that really. Uh, but this one is actually really close and it will pass it in some ways because it's still growing. We actually don't know its full potential. Hi. Hello. 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 Hello, and welcome to Architecting. Hey, hello, and welcome to Architecting. I'm Adam Wagner. Our mission here on this podcast is to tell Colorado design stories, and recently we were able to do this at AIA Colorado's Design and Practice Conference in Keystone, Colorado. For me, this event is really a party where I get to be around all my favorite people, past guests, future guests, friends, and colleagues, and get them all in one place. This year, AIA Colorado graciously set up a, a glass podcast studio for me in the middle of the conference room where I was able to sit down with all the keynote speakers and other guests to recap and dive deeper into the talks that they gave. This will be a series of short interviews released over the next few weeks. For more information and pictures from these talks and events, you can check out our Instagram page or go to aiacolorado.org. The first guest of the conference was Damon Leverett, Damon is an architect, artist, and educator. He's currently a senior adjunct lecturer at the School of Architecture and at the College of Information at the University of Arizona, where he teaches architecture design, building technologies, installation design, and computing in the arts. In his three-hour session at the conference, Damon delivered a brief overview of current machine learning and artificial intelligence modalities within design and then really dove deep into the process of working with Midjourney. Here's our conversation that we had afterwards. Hey, we're happy to be sponsored by Modern in Denver Magazine. For over a decade, they've been crafting fantastically curated content on Colorado designers and projects, spreading the gospel of good design within our region. And I love how the goal of Modern in Denver aligns with the goal of this podcast to better build up and connect the community of Colorado designers. So go buy a copy of the magazine at your local bookstand, subscribe to their weekly email list, and follow them on Instagram. Check it out. Thanks for coming and talking to me. You, mm. you just had like a marathon of, uh, they put you through the ringer first, you're the first day, and then you're supposed to have a, a guest, Matthias de Confo, right, joining you, and then last second you got to do it the whole three hours, four hours yourself, but I loved it. Very, very uh, informative there. So, well, I, I was going to say that I do usually tell people that there's almost no way to do a presentation on this topic because it's so, I always tell people that it is a mile wide and about an inch thick. So I could do a thousand slides. I mean, a lot of the things that happened in this session was I answer questions, right? But those are all the content that was not in the slides, right? So um, I could kind of summarize your your talk, and I feel a little bit at a disadvantage because this room wasn't totally set up yet, so I kept having to leave and go, and and so I got sort of three quarters of the talk. Oh, okay, but mm -hmm. yeah, so you you came in and gave a, a sort of synopsis of of AI and specifically Midjourney, right? Uh, and kind of been really going through possibilities and, and where it's at. But that, that idea of the mild wide and an inch thick mm. is really and it is really true. And it's just, 
it's so new, right? Like mm-hmm. that was the surprising thing in your how you started your talk of talking about what it Midjourney started a, a year ago, essentially, mm-hmm. and and how far it's come. My first question is just like, you know, you talk about sort of this group of like five people in a sense of that are kind of these experts or like that you're hanging out with. But how did you get into that, and how did you get to be the mm-hmm. sort of expert? Or, or where you're at there. Well, thanks for calling me an expert. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't say that about myself yet. I think that um, here's the thing. There's probably only about, let's just be conservative and say about 20 people who can really speak to this. Uh, right now, there's going to be more and more. Uh, but the thing that's happening is that where are those 20 people going to go? Matthias has been in a couple places where we've, cross paths like two ships in the night but we haven't been in the same place yet but we need all of those folks doing it because there's so many questions and so many organizations and companies that are asking asking questions and they want to talk about it they want to have a conversation but there's no one to talk about it with (laughs) so i always like to tell people that there's it's an interesting environment it's plenty of room for those five folks i talk about but the other 10 that i don't know and, and there's plenty of room for us to all contribute to helping uh, making this conversation important. And also, I think someone just recently asked me why I did this. And because I'm an, I'm an AI member, I'm an architect, I believe in our profession. I saw how CAD was so disruptive in the 80s, and I just wanted to be a part of uh, being a, an explainer who could uh, help people uh, not be so worried about it, understand that it's a, just another technology that we can change with and that if you engage with it, it could make you essentially more powerful in your profession, not eliminate you as a, as a professional. Right. And yeah, you know, yeah, there, there's a lot of fear around it and a lot of sort of unknowns, right, of not knowing what it can do or what it's going to do. I was going to ask you about that. I, I love you know, I'm in, I'm inspired by you because, you know, you're not a young man, right? But like you're digging into this very advanced field. And like you said, you have the experience of thinking back to before CAD. And so how does this period pre sort of at the cusp of AI compare to at the cusp of CAD? Mm-hmm. Well, firstly, I would say that I feel really fortunate to to be in this situation. Uh, I sometimes often tell people that, well, I look at the things uh, that my grandmother had seen. So my grandmother was born a couple of years after the Wright brothers. Oh, wow. And then she saw the same thing I saw as man land on the moon. So you think about those major events. And then I look at the major events in my life, again, man landing on the moon, some very unfortunate wars, um, and, uh, you know, sending a probe to Pluto, you know, things like that are just fantastic. And I really thought sitting back, I thought, well, that's it. I'm not going to see anything else. You know, that's nothing else is going to happen. And then a year ago, something happened. I mean, it, it literally is almost the most important thing to happen in my entire life experience, even only really second to man landing on the moon. People always ask me, my age experience it was the most important thing and i say man landing on the moon you know that's there's nothing could top that really uh but this one is actually really close and it will pass it in some ways because it's still growing we actually don't know its full potential so i i think i think we're all in it kind of by a means of opportunity and i would say 
that uh, the important issue is that it's based on our training. So most of those people who most of the leaders right now all train in architecture and they have a background in, in computers or something like that. And so for me, uh, I have a master's degree in web design and new media, which is qualifies me as a minor in computer science, more or less. So uh, when this happened, my my architectural life and my computer love mm. computer life merged all at once mm -hmm. so when you talk about not being a younger person sort of i didn't care how old i was this is the moment <laughs> that right. that was that needed to happen so um uh, i'm really grateful that i i can have this chance to do it and uh and to help really i see myself as helping people understand a complex problem yeah mm. when i think it's interesting you say that the sort of that right now the architects are at the forefront of pushing this forward for architecture, right? And I think, I think the fear, the fear for me, right, is this sort of. I, I teach it to you as well, so you know, so I see sort of like student trends and things, and there's you know the trend of sort of Pinterestification of projects, right? Of students gathering images and putting it as a as a project, and and oh, and the and the thing you were talking about, right? Of Midjourney is the sort of one to twenty rule, where you have kind of one good image for every 20 and the idea of good is really intriguing to me and who chooses what good is right of the idea of a client or whatever doing the 20 images and they choose what they think is good or whatever and so do you have that good that satisfying definition of what the good architecture is what you're looking for or striving for and how that still allows the architect the agency in this process well, I don't think any architect would be comfortable saying something like, I know what good architecture right. is when me. I this see is it. This going to crack but, it. We, but, hot, <laughs> hot take. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I always just tell people, just rely on your training. It's, it's actually really true. I've spent 30 years working in firms. I was basically the lead designer in a several of them, design principal in several of them. I've designed a couple of really good buildings I, I'm really proud of. And... Um, I teach uh, design, and in many ways, I, I think I've been a really good mentor to young students in the design realm. And so, obviously, in my role as a teacher and a critic, I mean, this is it's my job to to really engage that in in um, in special ways. So, uh, it's interesting. I, I almost have to ask myself that question, even when you look at those twenty images. Right. How did I pick that one? <laughs> right. You know, and it talks a lot about yourself, you know, your personality of yourself, your life experience and how it affects your decisions. And how do you, it's like, how do you define excellence? And I mean, I think it's, it's not what I'm saying is that, well, if you hang around long enough, you, you know, it's more than that. You have to appreciate a sense of uh, the, the principles of design is what I tell my students. I mean, the principles of design are the principles of design, whether right. it's fashion or art or graphic art or, or car design. I mean, they're all the same. And if, we, if you believe in those principles and you look for them, you, as you aspire yourself to do it, and you begin to have a better feel to recognize it. And so that, it's a, I would say, it's not an answer, it's a process, really. It's more like a process that, that it takes to kind of do something like right. that. Right, and I guess it's that, it's that tenacity of intention, mm -hmm. right? Where you, you were talking about the sort of hybrid process of mid-journey to then to Photoshop, to then back to mid-journey, and you know, where you still have that vision, 
and that tenacity to get it there and you're not just taking what the program gives you on the first step 20 or whatever mm-hmm. uh and i like what did you say when somebody <laughs> asked you about uh something i don't know is it going to take my job or something and you're like well bad ar- there's bad architects or bad architects yeah. and it's not going to be helpful or, or not right and i think you know that's where for me it the uh heartburn comes of wanting to make sure that there's meaning and depth to architecture and and this allowing a tool to create very stunning images that don't have that that pass as that but yeah bad architects can still do good renderings and uh but i think it's uh many of the questions people ask today like that are are a lot of it's speculation and that's why i try to characterize well this is my opinion on this one because it's you know nobody really knows nobody knows what kind of architecture is going to really come from this because like i said i just can't call someone else and say hey show me a project you just finished using ai because there's there's probably zero people that in this whole country that has gone that far but there there's close there are people working on it right i know zaha adid office they talk about that a lot they're using ai to do the kind of architecture they were already doing right so there's it's in progress they think. could just type in zaha Arch- no, uh, well, architecture into the thing well, and hopefully yeah. not yeah, but, <laughs> right um i i think i've done some experimentations with that and i try to stay away from it but i, I do want to see what happens when it happens and but i do tell my students that they don't need to do that because I believe in their creativity right. is much more powerful and that I want to see the Joe Smith style. I don't want to see, you know, like I, I talked about um, specific architects and there's nothing to learn when you do something like that. And I think it's, it's sort of like the part I was talking about using magical words inside of prompts where you discuss something that is totally or irrelevant to the thread of the thought that you're trying to go for you know sort of like i said uh, i was working on something uh doing uh below below water surface vehicles <laughs> call it and uh use the word submarine you know it's obvious you're going to use a word like that and you put in a bunch of other words uh if you're not careful to be yellow submarine which you know so that'll happen uh but i put in the word telescope hmm. you know a, a completely unrelated word and actually it transformed the model into something really powerful Mm. and it actually was able to help the model create the big lenses that those vehicles have that so you can Mm. see out and it it tried to merge a a telescope with a submarine and uh so i find those experiences really gratifying and um and very enjoyable and and when i post them people are start asking me all kinds of questions when i have this but uh, yeah, those productive accidents. Yeah, yeah, that I strive for in a normal architecture process, mm-hmm. right? Of trying to set up that process where you don't know where it's going, and and something breaks and it's better off, right? And and this is like a more robust tool, I guess, for that. Yeah, every designer is different, and I I couldn't even begin to think about. Uh, I've worked with a lot of designers. I've been manager of a lot of design situations, uh, and I've worked. Every person I've worked with is different, and you don't know what they're you know what the process you present to them and hope they follow the process but you don't really know what their own internal process is uh and and they can try to articulate it to you but they 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 might not do that uh so uh for somebody like that to use a tool like this um it's going to change that relationship now i mentioned in the in the lecture today 
about how um, someone in a team of designers could take, not do AI in the office, but go home and do it. Right. Yeah. And then bring that drawing back to the office and say, this is what I was working on yesterday. And no one would know the difference really, um, especially as the one person asked me this question, I said, well, this is part of the answer of two questions. One was, hey, I sketch over those. But sketching is a really powerful uh, historical way of doing architecture. Some schools of architecture still teach that right. uh, intensely. So, but I had never actually thought of it that way. But actually, just think about the bridge that creates from the past to the present, you know, like traditional uh, methodology with future methodology actually clashing together in a very interesting way. So I told her, there's nothing stopping you from even being part of the team and you can't do AI. She said, you can't do AI in the office. So I said, okay, hey, take that home, sketch over talk, and then bring the sketch back to work. And then talk just like you normally talk to them about a sketch you just did. Right. And in the situation like that, which I call low stakes in engagement, you don't have to disclose uh, that because it's a sketch now, it's not the actual right. picture. So. The interesting thing is you just can't bring the picture in and say, you know, but that's just for now. I mean, you know, five years from now, that might be just the norm. Go home. I need you all to go home and and uh, and uh, come back with your five best text to image uh, results, you know, and that's going to happen eventually as well. Right. Mm. He, he, that is interesting. Uh, you know, the amount of looking around during your presentation and you were, you were very generous in your presentation and, and giving all these prompts and showing what they created and seeing a lot of these, I'm assuming older principles of firms just taking pictures of everyone, right? Oh, sure. It almost gives agency back to those principles who have aged out of the programs and they don't know anymore. And if you can get back to, if you can get to text to image and they're saying, here's my sketch and it's mm -hmm. rendered, I don't, maybe that's good, maybe, maybe not, but, uh, it's a really good question about, gen we'll call it generations, you know, how generations deal with technology. And not as a counter to that, but, you know, the, the point generally has been that generations separate when something new happens. Hey. This is actually a little different. You're, you're kind of pointing that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is spreading out through all generations. So everyone's going to find a place in this somewhere. And when CAD happened, you asked me about that earlier, when CAD happened, it was a very generational split. So the youngest people in the office were asked to do this. And they, and like I said, I mentioned before, we were on a night shift. So um, that was kind of how it went down. And I, I have to be honest, I met a few people of an older generation of that era who were very upset about that scenario. Either they wanted to engage or they didn't want to engage at all. They, they thought it was not traditional, so they stayed away from it. This is, I think, going to be a little different because even if you just think about AI chatbots, this for everybody. Right. I yeah. mean, anybody can ask any question, you know, you want. I mean, you just might want to say, hey, I'm going to this vacation spot. Where is the best place to eat dinner? You could ask that question, and it will give you a really interesting answer. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I thank you for for coming and for uh, filling in, and uh, it was it was an excellent talk, and and just the sort of generosity of information that you've gathered over this over this quick year here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, absolutely, welcome to Colorado, and glad you got that liquid IV in, so you're yeah. able to recover enough. And yeah, that's some really potent good stuff, and <laughs> I appreciate they were thinking about me. But, um, you know, this isn't my first time to 9,000 feet, and we'll just say it won't be my last. Nice. Well, yeah. 
Thanks for coming. All right, thank you. It's a yeah. pleasure. You can visit architecting.com, that's architect-ing.com, to see images from this week's guest. And please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week and keep connecting. Hi, I'm Eli. This show is made by my mom and dad and these people. Heidi Mendoza. Emily Child. Fernando Queiroz. Zach Huff. Trevor Notzko. Aaron Best. Kyle Brunner. Rob Cleary. All right, let's get a coffee. See ya. This is Sarah Hubbard, host of You and Me Kid, a podcast about starting and raising a family on your own. We just launched season two, and I'm speaking with single moms, those still considering, and experts in relevant fields to give you a real sense of what the day-to-day experience of solo parenting looks and feels like. Plus, this season, I've partnered with California Cryobank, the number one sperm bank in the U.S. So wherever you are in the process, this podcast provides some support, humor, and helpful information. Listen to You and Me Kid wherever you get your podcasts.